The Rebbe starts off the Sikha by bringing the Posuk that says in connection to the Me'il. So the Posuk says, to make the Me'il, one of the Begodim of the Koyan Godel, of course, and the Posuk says, Sofa Yiyelafiv, Soviv, Maisei Oireg, Kefi Sachra, Yiyeloi, Loi Korea. That the opening, the edges, need to be reinforced, reinforced by weaving it in a way similar to a coat of armor. And so, Loi Korea, the Posuk says, it should not be torn. Rashi quotes the words Loi Korea, and he explains, Kedei, so that it should not be torn. Then Rashi goes on and says, Vahakoiroi, and one who tears it, Oiver Belav, is transgressing, transgressing a love, a loisasa prohibition. So the Rebbe asks, from the fact that Rashi says, and this is what he starts off with his explanation with, that loyi kareya means kidei, in order that it shouldn't hear, it's obvious that Rashi is accepting, and Rashi is learning that loyi kareya is not a command, a mitzvah in its own right, Rather, it's a, an explanation, a reason given for that which has said previously in the Pasuk, Sofa Yiyelafiv Kefi Sachra. Why do we re, need to reinforce the edges of the Me'il? So Rashi is telling us that the Pasuk means in order that it shouldn't be torn, it shouldn't tear. If that's the case, why is Rashi then adding as a continuation to the previous part, Vihakoiri, and one who tears it, is over on a prohibition, which according to this, the words la yukareya are then not a reason for why we are reinforcing the edges, but rather it's a new mitzvah for itself. We are being commanded not to tear it. The question is even stronger. In the Gemara, the way the Gemara puts it is the following. Amar Rechava, Rechava said, Amar Rav Yehuda in the name of Rav Yehuda. Hamakareya big de kohuna, one who tears the big de kohuna gets malchus because the pasuk says lo yikareya. So the Gemara seems to be clearly saying that the pasuk is coming to give us a prohibition. So comes along the Gemara and says maskifla. Rab Achbar Yaakov. The Gemara asks, perhaps the Gemara is the pasuk is not giving us a prohibition, rather telling us the reason you should make the edge of the meil in that way is so that it shouldn't tear. So why are you telling me that it's actually a separate love? Maybe it's just giving me the reason why we're reinforcing it. So then the Gemara answers, if that's the case, it should have said, Sheloyi Korea. It should have said, make this edge so that it shouldn't tear. From the fact that the Pasek says, Loyi Korea, the Gemara derives that it's actually a Loisa, said that it's actually a prohibition. In other words, what do we see from this Gemara? That, the, that when we look at Loi Korea and translate it, that it's an order that it shouldn't hear, according to the Gemara, that would be in contradiction to saying that the Pasuk is trying to give us a Loi Sasa. These are two sides of an argument. Is it a reason or is it a Loi Sasa? In fact, this is why we find amongst the Mefarshe Torah, we find two different ways of learning this Pasuk. Some translate Loi Korea only as a reason for why we are reinforcing the edges of the me'il, other Mepharshim are telling us, no, the words are coming to tell us, the question then is, how is it that Rashi is putting these seemingly opposite explanations as one pirush, Rashi is telling us both things together.
The Rebbe now looks at the next part of the Rashi. Rashi goes on to say, This is counted as one of the prohibitions in the Torah. And then Rashi gives some examples. And so too, The Choshen should not be removed from the Ephoid. And so too, and the Pasuk says, that is said regarding the Badea Oroin, the poles of the Oroin, should not be removed from the Oroin. What's Rashi trying to tell us with these Psukim? So simply what seems like it is, is that when Rashi is telling us, first of all, when Rashi tells us that this is one of the prohibitions of the Torah, Rashi is trying to prove that Loi Korea in fact is a Loi Sasa. Even though when you read the Pasuk simply, as Rashi first started saying it is, in order that it shouldn't tear, Rashi then adds it is, that someone that does tear it is over on a loisase, as Rashi goes on, because this is one of the laven, this is one of the loisases. So the question then is, Rashi is coming to explain and is based on Pshutish Mikra. Where is Rashi getting from the simple wording of the Psukim that Loi Korea is actually one of the Lavin, one of the 365 Loisases? Yes, it's true that the concept of counting the mitzvahs and certain amount of mitzvahs are brought already in Rashi previously. And therefore, this concept of counting the mitzvahs does make sense also in Pshutish Mikra. But seemingly, reading the simple wording of the Psukim, there's no reason to say that Loi Korea is one of the Lavin in the Torah. So what's forcing Rashi to say that? Furthermore, the Rebbe says, the question is, let's look at the ending of the Rashi. Rashi brings, V'chein and so too Loi the Choshen shouldn't be moved, and the poles by the orange shouldn't be moved. What's Rashi telling us over here? So some of Farshim say that by bringing these psukim, Rashi is trying to bring us an example for this idea that loyi korea could be both a loisase, it could be counted as a prohibition, as well as giving a reason for something so that it shouldn't tear. Because also those psukim contain both of these ideas. Both the pasuk of loyizach, of the choyshen not being removed from the aphoid, and loyasura that the poles shouldn't be removed from the oroin are counted as separate loisases, even though they are reasons for why something is done in a particular way, as we'll soon see. And nevertheless, even though they are reasons for something, they are also being counted as one of the loisases, one of the lavin. So the Rebbe asks, what's not understood is, in addition to the previous question that we had already earlier, which is, that even in those places, the question would still be, why does Rashi understand those things? Lo Yizach, regarding the Choshen, and Lo Yosuru, regarding the Oroin, why would Rashi say that those things are love? And it's the same question. Why can't we just stick to the idea that it's just giving a reason for how these things are made? In addition to that, the question is, in those Psukim, Lo Yizach and Lo Yosuru, which are both Psukim earlier in the Torah, Rashi didn't explain and tell us that they are a reason as well as a loisasa. In those cases, Rashi didn't specify that. So the question then is, if there is a difficulty in saying that loyi korea is both a reason and a loisasa, it's both a reason for why the reinforcement is made, as well as a separate loisasa, 
then Rashi should have done the same thing by lo yosuru and lo yizach. Rashi should have given us the, the, both, that it's a reason for something, as well as as lo yizach. Again, these things are mentioned earlier in Chumash. And if Rashi has no problem in understanding that it could be both things at once, and in fact, it's so simple that Rashi didn't even have to explain it in those cases, because the Ben Chamesh Lamikra would have understood that himself, then why suddenly in our Pasuk, Lo Yikoreya by the Me'il, does Rashi need to explain it? And not only that, he suddenly needs those other Psukim as a proof. So the Rebbe starts off first dealing with the first question of how we could put and why Rashi needs to put these two things together. Why Rashi is saying that it's both a reason and a loisasa. So there are some Mepharshim that say that in Pshutay Shal Mikra, if we would just read the Pasuk simply, we would understand loyi koreya as well as the psukim of loyizach and loyasuru not as a command. The simple reading of the pasuk would have been that it's giving giving a reason for what the pasuk had said earlier. However, if it would be only a reason, then it should have said in the pasuk she loyi koreya. You should make the reinforcement so that it doesn't hear as the Gemara that we quoted earlier actually asks. From the fact that the Pasuk says, Lo Yikareya, so it first tells us that we need to make the reinforcement. Then it says, Lo Yikareya, not She Lo Yikareya. And so too, in the Psukim, V'lo Yizach, Lo Yosuru, so it doesn't say, it doesn't say She Lo Yizach, so that it doesn't move, or so that you don't remove the poles. From that we understand that the Torah is actually hinting to a double meaning. There's one, which is the simple meaning of the Pasuk, that is giving us a reason why we're doing something in a particular way, so that it shouldn't tear or shouldn't be removed. A second point is that it's actually a command. This is the way some of the Mepharshim explain it. The question, however, still remains, why wouldn't Rashi explain this then, earlier on in the Torah, on those Psukim of Lo Yosuru and Lo Yizach? So the Rebbe explains that the truth of the matter is the other way around from what some of these Mepharshim just said. We just quoted that the Mepharshim say that the simple reading of the Pasuk would be that it's a reason. The Rebbe says the other way around. By the Psukim of Lo Yosuru and Lo Yizach, it actually would fit better in Pshutei Shol Mikra to understand it that it's not giving, giving a reason. Rather, it's giving a separate command, a separate Lo Yisasa. Why? Because as just said before, if it was giving a reason, it should have actually say, Shelloyosuru, so that it shouldn't be removed. Shelloyizach, so that the Cheshun doesn't disattach, be separated from the Ephod, as the Gemara said before. So simply, it's actually not giving a reason, but actually giving us a mitzvah, Loisase. Even though it doesn't say Loisasirem or Loisaziach, which then Clearly, it would have been a command on the, on the, on the person. In other words, it says, lo yosuru. It shouldn't be removed. It shouldn't be disattached. If it would say, lo yosirim, lo yosirim, we understand clearly it's a command on the person. In this case, it only says, lo yosuru. The poles shouldn't be removed from the rings of the orin, etc., and lo yizach. Nevertheless, we would still understand it as a command. How? What we're saying is the person needs to do whatever he can to make sure that these poles are not disattached from the rings on the orange. So too by Velo Yizach, that he needs to do whatever it takes 
to make sure that the Choshen and the Ephod remain attached. Just like it is, when the Pasuk in, by the Orin says, that the poles need to be in the rings of the Orin. Now clearly, it is a command telling the person what to do. Although, the Torah is not telling the person, do not remove them, it's just speaking about what the person needs to do to ensure that the poles remain in their place. So again, in both of the previous places, when it says lo yosuru and lo yizach, the Rebbe is saying is that Pshute Shal Mikra is saying that it is a mitzvah to the person. Although the person is not being commanded not to m- remove the poles, etc., but he is being commanded to do something to ensure that the poles don't get removed. However, when it comes to our Pasuk, we have a bit of a problem. In this case, it says, Loi Yikoreya. The word Loi Yikoreya, which is, the Rebbe calls it a Binyan Nifal, which means it's a passive verb, but in a much stronger way. The concept of loyi korea. So the Rebbe says like this, if it would be also a command, like the loyi zach and loyosur, that it's mainly a mitzvah on the person. But the fact that the Pasuk is giving us a stronger term over there, loyi korea, which means it shouldn't be in any way torn. So the fact that the Torah is, is adding this stress over here, it would have to somehow mean something extra if it is a command. For example, Rashi on a similar word called Melacha lo bohem, referring to Yomtev, where the Melacha is not allowed to be done. So Rashi tells us over there that it would mean the word lo can't be done in any way, would mean that even another person can do it for you. Which would then mean like this, that v'lo yizach and v'lo yasuru, the not removing the poles of the Orin, and not removing the Choshen and the Ephed, and other similar commands by the Mishkan and the Kalim, it would imply that those things could be done by something else, by someone else. Whereas when it comes to not tearing the Me'il, this shouldn't be done even by anyone else. The Rebbe says it's very, very difficult in Derech HaPshat to say that by all of these other things, it would be okay if somebody else does it, and it's dafka by the me'il that it's not allowed. Therefore, Rashi has a problem in translating loyi koreya as being a command, and again, it would come out that it's a command much stronger than by any of the other ones. And by the other ones, yes, it's fine even if somebody else does that act of removing the poles or the choshen from the ephod. This is why Rashi prefers, and Rashi translates the word kedesha loyi koreya, that in our case, it's not. Number one, it's not coming to tell us a mitzvah. In other words, the first thing, the Pasuk is actually giving us a reason. That's the, why, the reason why it says, Shaloyi Koreya. In other words, it is different to Lo Yasuru and Lo Yizach. Because the reason it says Loyi Koreya over here is not to imply that you shouldn't tear it and in any way tear it. Rather, the reason it says Shaloyi Koreya, Loi Korea, the Pasuk is saying, is because the reason I told you to make the reinforcement is so that it shouldn't tear. So just to summarize, maybe just to clarify a little bit what just happened in the Sikha. What the Rebbe is saying is that in Pshutoi Shal Mikra, we would look at these two, these Psukim very, very differently. In the Psukim, referring to the Oroin, that Loi Yasuda, the pole shouldn't be removed. In the Pasuk regarding the Choshen shouldn't be removed from the Aphoid, in those Psukim we would simply learn them as mitzvahs to the person. Do what you can 
to make sure that these things are not removed. But it is a mitzvah on the person. It's primarily coming to tell us a mitzvah. When it comes to loyi koreya, the Rebbe, the Rebbe is saying that Rashi is understanding it not as a mitzvah, first of all. Number one, he's understanding it as a reason given. Because if it would have to be at the mitzvah, that the only thing the Torah is telling us is the mitzvah, we would suddenly be forced to say that here there's a much stronger mitzvah and how to ensure that it doesn't tear, that it means even other people are not allowed to tear it, which would imply that in other cases other people could remove the poles, which doesn't make sense. Now, says the Rebbe, once we established that it is a reason, but since the Pasuk doesn't say sheloi koreya, which would then clearly just be a reason, it just says loi koreya, this is what causes Rashi to say that in our Pasuk there's an additional idea. There's also a mitzvah. There's a loisa said that you're not allowed to actually tear the meal. The Rebbe asks, it's still not understood. If the Torah is trying to give us a mitzvah over here, then why is it saying it in such a remez way, in such a, in a way of a hint, not straight out? In other words, how do we know that it's a mitzvah? Because it doesn't say, Why can't the Torah tell us clearly that you shouldn't hear it? It's only because it didn't say, which would then be only a reason. Now we know it also has to be a mitzvah. And this is what Rashi means by adding that this is one of the Loisa says in the Torah. The fact that Loi Korea also includes a love is not in order to tell us that you're not allowed to tear the meal. In other words, the fact that I'm not allowed to tear the meal is actually not coming from this Pasuk at all. That we actually would know from a completely different Pasuk as we will soon discuss. Rather, the reason the Pasuk is coming and telling us Loi Koreya over here is only in order so that it should actually be able to be counted as one of the Loisasas. That means the other Pasuk that tell, that we would know from the Naladatir doesn't give us a Loisasa, but the Torah wants that it should be included in the Loisasas. That's what Rashi is saying. That the words over here, shall, uh, Loi Koreya, is just coming that we should be able to count it as one of the Loisasas. That's what the Pasuk is coming to do over here. In other words, to tell us about a certain thing that we would have known anyways that you're not allowed to do. It's coming to include it over here in one of the 365 prohibitions. And therefore, since all we're just trying to do is included in a love, that could be Beremes as well. In other words, if it would be the only place where Torah is telling us you're not allowed to do it, of course it has to be more clear. But if all Torah is trying to achieve over here is that we could include it into a love, then that could be even Beremes. So how would we actually know that you're not allowed to tear the Me'il, if not for this Pasuk? The Rebbe says it's very, very simple. We would know this from a previous Pasuk. The Pasuk says, We are see so big day, you should make holy garments for the Koyanim l'chavoidulisiferis. It has to be for honor, for glory. Clearly a torn beged is definitely not very honorable and glorious and prestigious, etc., so that's what the Rashi means over here when he says that it's Miminyan Lavin Shabbatayra. What could still be the problem? And this is why Rashi is going to add some more words. So the Rebbe says, seemingly we find in other places in the Torah, when the Torah comes along and repeats again something that you're not allowed to do, and the expression is, Chazal tell us, so that when you do it, you're actually going to be transgressing two loisases. 
Nevertheless, in those places, even though we're also just trying to add another love, it still does say it in a direct way, in a way of a command. So seemingly over here, it should have also been a little bit clearer. A clearly saying you're not allowed to tear them ill, even though the pasuk over here is only telling us that there is a love, and not and, and as I said before, we would have known it from somewhere else, the title should have still been clearer. This is why Rashi says, and then Rashi adds, Rashi doesn't say, this and this is from the count of the lavin, rather, what does he mean by that? In other words, the word shez again, because of that, which basically is saying that this is a reason why is the person that tears it over in a love? In other words, the fact that he's over in a love is only because it is meminyan love in Shabbat What does this mean? In other places where Torah wants to add a love, where Torah wants to add an extra prohibition, it's in order actually to make this prohibition harsher, stricter, that the person should feel should feel stronger that this is something, something very, very serious. So this will make it easier for him to hold himself back from this particular prohibition. However, when we say, the person tearing the me'il is over and the love, we're not coming over here to add any stringency in the harshness of this iser itself, that the person should feel that it's a stronger iser. Rather, that all the Torah is trying to do is that it should be counted as an extra love. In other words, that this should be counted as one of the 613. And it's only as a result of that, because the Torah wanted this should be one of the lavin, this is why when you tear it, you're actually going to be over on the love as well. In other words, yes, you wouldn't be allowed to do it even without the love. But the Torah specifically wanted that it should be one of, one of the 613. And it's only because the Torah wanted to include it, that's what's making you be over on a love. And since the, in this case, the reason the Torah is writing it in a way that it should be a love is only in order to be able to include it in the love and not to make it harsher for the person. Therefore, in our case, it's enough to write it in the way of a remez. Because again, it's not about the emphasis to the person. All the Torah was trying to do is to make another love. That this too should be one of the 365 lavin. Says the Rebbe, now we'll also understand why Rashi changes from the wording of the Gemara. The Gemara says, Hamakareya, someone that tears the big dekona gets malchus. Loike. Rashi says, someone that tears it, over belav. That is, Rashi is not trying to emphasize how serious the Aver is of tearing the Me'il, that you need to get Malkus for it. On the contrary, Rashi is saying that the words Lo'i Korea also include a love. And the fact that it also includes a love, it's only because Torah wanted to count this as one of the love in Sheba Torah. So again, maybe just to summarize and to clarify these last few points. What the Rebbe is basically saying is that the actual Isser of tearing the Me'il has nothing really to do with this Pasuk. In this Pasuk, it is primarily just giving us a reason why we are reinforcing the Me'il. The actual fact that you're not allowed to tear the Me'il, that we would know from elsewhere. It's not L'chavid L'Safaris, it's not beautiful if it's torn. What's the Torah trying to do by adding 
by saying the words lo yikareya, not she lo yikareya, because then it would have been just a reason. So the Rebbe is saying is that in this particular case, Torah was very interested that this particular isur, which we would have known anyways, but Torah was interested that this isur should be one of the 365, and therefore it was needed to, it was necessary that it should be written in a way that it could also be counted as a love. So the Rebbe says, but it would still not 100% be understood, why specifically does the Torah adding a love, just that it should be able to be counted as part of the lavin, for this is why Rashi now brings the psukim of lo yizach and lo yasuru, which are, again, these are lavin, these are loisa says, where again, there's no chidush in the actual isur itself, and they are considered lavin, from, in other words, these things are going to prove to us that generally by the Malachas HaMishkan, the Torah wanted to add Lavin. The Torah wanted the, more of those things that we would not be allowed to do anyways, or we wouldn't do anyways, should be counted as Loisasas. We see this by those two. What are those two things? So the Rebbe says, By the Choshen, the Pesach says, We have to attach the Choshen to the Ephod with a thread of Tcheles. So that it will always be on the belt of the ephod. Rashi translates over there so that the choshen will always be stuck and attached to the ephod. In other words, from that pasuk, we know already that the choshen has to be on the ephod all of the time. And what we need to do about it. How to make it stick there. So too by the orin it says, The badim need to be in the rings of the orin. So clearly there's a command that the badim have to be inside the orin. But then the Torah says, Lo yosuru mimenu, and lo yizach. The poles shouldn't be removed. Lo yizach, the choshen shouldn't be disattached from the ephod. What does that tell us? That by the mishkan and the big dekohuna, the Torah specifically wanted to add in the lavin, that these things should be counted as lavin. So what do we see from those psukim? On the one hand, as we said before, clearly in those psukim, it seemed to be giving us, we said it was a mitzvah. Even though, in those cases, we would have known the Isur anyways. So therefore, the Rebbe says it would be easier to understand now, in our case, that the Torah is saying, not all in order to add just this extra love. So again, in the other places, clearly they are just Sivuyim. It's just, as we said earlier, that it's mainly just a mitzvah. In our case, we said it's primarily, first of all, a reason but the fact is that we see by these other things, that the Torah was interested in also giving us a love, even though it's something we would have known anyways that you're not allowed to do. Says the Rebbe in Siftes, from the amazing things, in the Rashi, is that the Rambam Paskins, some of the tears, the, the edge of the Me'il gets Malkus, because the Pasuk says, then the Rambam goes on to say the same thing is true with the other big dikohuna that some of the tears them in a way of specifically trying to destroy gets Malkus. From the simple wording of the Rambam it seems that there's a difference between all the big dikohuna and the me'il. That by all the big dikohuna you get Malkus only if you're doing it to be destructive. Whereas tearing the edge of the me'il you get Malkus no matter what. So Acharoinim explained the Rambam. The difference is the following, because by other big day kohuna, the reason where we learn out that you're not allowed to tear it is from the Pasuk, the Pasuk says you should destroy Avodah don't do that to Hashem. From that, we learn out that it's only, in a, if you're doing it in a way of destroying, 
Whereas by the Me'il, there's a separate thing. There's a Malchus because of the love, the loisas of loi korea, and therefore you would get Malchus no, no matter what the reason why you tore it is. However, the way Rashi is learning the simple meaning of the Psukim, that the Pasuk is only adding this love, loi korea, not in order to give us a new Isur. But rather, as we said before, it should only be counted as one of the 365. According to this, says the Rebbe, it should come out that according to Rashi and Pirusha Allah Torah, there's really in essence no difference between the reason and the way you're tearing it, whether it's the Me'il or other Big Dekona. The Rebbe now finishes off with Yeyna Shal Torah in Pirush Rashi. And the Rebbe says, seemingly it's not understood, why is it that Rashi brings the proof of the Loyizach regarding the Oroin, regarding the Loyizach, regarding the Choshen being removed from the Oroin, which is a Pasuk in Parshas Tetzaveh, brings it before the proof from the Loyizach that the Poles shouldn't be removed from the Oroin, which is in the previous Parsha, Parshas Truma. Another question is, why does Rashi say again, V'chein, why is that relevant, this extra v'chein, as if it's a whole new thing? From this we understand, says the Rebbe, that the lava of Eloi Yasuru, not removing the poles, there's a certain chidush in it, and a bigger chidush than in Eloi Yizach. That's what we say. And so too, even Eloi Yasuru. And therefore, Rashi brings this only after Eloi Yizach, and then he says again, v'chein. In other words, we're building one thing and even something else. How do we understand this? The idea of loyi koreya, that the me'il shouldn't be torn, that's not really such a big chiddush. It's an understandable thing that you're not allowed to destroy, you're not allowed to ruin big dekuhuna. So then Rashi says v'chein. Then there's another thing. Loyi That means even just moving the chayshin off the eifite, even though you're not ruining, damaging anything, even that's a love. You might say that even that we could still understand, as the Pasuk itself says, that Venosa Arin is carrying the names of the Yidden over his heart as a remembrance before Hashem all the time, so you don't want that to be removed. However, now we come to the next stage about the poles not being removed from the Arin. This seemingly is not understood at all. The poles of the Arin are made for the purpose that you should be able to carry the Arin from one place to the next. What's the reason why the Badim need to be there all the time? On the contrary, simply the Seder should have been that you put the poles into the rings of the Arin when you need to carry it. This is why Rashi adds one more time, V'chein, there's even a bigger Chiddush, Lo menu, that it shouldn't be removed, which says in regards to the poles of the Arin. In other words, that even taking out the poles of the Arin of the rings is also a love and as much of a love as tearing, as ripping the big day kuhuna. What's the reason for this? What's the reason for your surah mimenu? So the Sefer Achinuch says that we were commanded not to remove the poles of the Arain in case we will have to somehow urgently, quickly go out with the Arain. Perhaps because of our haste, our rush, our preoccupation, we're not going to check properly that the poles are inserted as strongly, etc., and therefore, we're commanded that it should always be there permanently fixed over there, never removed, so that they're always strong and could be carried easily. Says the Rebbe, we have a fascinating, amazing Hayirah in the avoid of each and every Jew. In the Oroin, we know where the Luchais. The Luchais is the concept of the Torah, as the Chinuch says, Oroin, the Oroin is the Mishkan of the Torah, the dwelling place of the Torah. In fact, also a Yida learns Torah is similar to the Oroin. In other words, he is a place where the Torah rests. So a person could think to himself, 
at the time when I need to be dedicating myself to Limudat Torah, especially a person that Torah, so you not say my whole occupation is Torah. So I should be completely dedicated to my learning, so removed from all of my surroundings. Why do I then have to go ahead and think about another Yid? I'm into my Torah right now. So here we have the Hira from the poles of the Orin. That even when the Orin is in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the holiest place in the world, and this is why only the Kohen Gadol could go in there, and only on Yom Kippur. Even then, these poles have to be ready all the time, so that you could quickly bring the Orin to any place where it's needed. Furthermore, taking out these Badim of the rings has the same strictness of Aloysasa, just like tearing and ruining Big Dikuna. Says the Rebbe, this is the way it needs to be in regards to Torah as well. That no matter how much a Yid is involved in his Limudat Torah, he always has to be ready to bring Torah wherever it can be, to whoever it can be, wherever it's needed. And specifically, Dafka in a way of haste and in a rush to another Yid and to another Yid.